Welcome to EdTech Adventures. Join us as we explore the role of technology, STEM, and creative play in education. With expert guests, we'll discover how learning is always an adventure. What's the teacher-student relationship like when someone's learning how to code? Today, we have two very special guests from our online classes, Matthew and Carson. Let's dive into how this dynamic duo works together when learning how to code. Let's start with you, Carson. Can you share how you and Matthew were matched up for our online classes? Sure. So normally we'll have a trial class. Anyone who wants to start with Code Combat lessons, they get a free trial class. And normally that's how you get matched up with a new student. However, in Matthew's case, he was actually a transfer from a different instructor. Actually, an old friend of mine who I met at the first place that I was teaching coding, which was an in-person location here in North Carolina, Ami, she was teaching Matthew and one of his friends, and she had to transfer him because she couldn't no longer have that time slot. And so I actually took on that class from her. And Matthew had already been learning for about a year, I think, with Ami. And normally I would start from the very beginning of someone's coding knowledge. I kind of picked up with where he had already had some knowledge built. And that's how we were matched up. Very cool. And then Matthew, sounds like you started with Ami. Can you share why you were interested in learning how to code in the first place? Well, I was interested in learning how to code because I originally had a robotics class, but I wanted to get more in depth on just specifically coding. So me and my dad were looking at some like coding learning websites and we came across Code Combat. It seemed like a very good option. Very cool. And what did it feel like writing your first line of code with Ami? It felt pretty cool. The website already, it was a really cool website. So it felt really good to like win my first game and write my first line of code. Oh yeah, because you made your first game basically with Ami. That's that's neat too. What kind of game did you make? So I did the game development ones and I made one where basically it was like a maze, but there were different obstacles and that kind of stuff. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah, I like maze games too. Now, then you went over to Carson, right? So what was it like working with Carson on your coding skills after working with Ami? Carson helped me develop more kind of like coding skills as well go into more of the tournaments and stuff like that. He helped me get like higher with the levels and stuff like that. Can you go into the tournament? So you started doing the AI League, our esports tournament with Carson. What was that like? Well, I first started off with Desert Duel, even though I did pretty terrible at it. Basically, I just, I went in and I just tried different kinds of codes and strategies based off the stuff I learned in the past. And he helped me form codes and different ways to make it. And he made it much easier for me. Cool. Wait, so you did terrible at it? Wait, Carson, I gotta hear your side of the story here. What happened? I mean, <laughs> what did you say, Matthew? You said you did terrible when you first did Desert Duel? I did terrible at it because I I did it as like a side Because you didn't win. I did the levels and then I kind of did it. So I barely worked on it. Whereas the Lava Lake, I spent hours on it. Remember those three hours extra we spent right before the tournament ended, like the day before? So you have to take into account that when he says he did terrible, you're also speaking to the third place winner of the Lava Lake arena for his age group. So his terrible is relative. Yeah, I had a feeling. I was like, wait a second, what is terrible to you? <laughs> yeah. Terrible is 21 of my age group. Oh no, you're 21 of your age group. <laughs> oh no! Oh In no! The whole world. <laughs> I did! Oh my 
<laughs> okay. Well, I think this is just a snapshot. But Carson, you want to dive into what's it like working with Matthew during your online lessons, especially like you took it on from Ami. What was it like? Yeah. So it's great. I mean, he has a big personality and he's very smart, you know, has a lot of interests in other things other than coding, just like YouTube and video making and things like that. His lesson is always a fun one because he and the other student that he's paired with, they know each other. So he's actually in lessons with me with another friend of his. They've known each other for a long time. So they are cracking jokes on each other and being goofy. So, it, you know, it's it's like that. And just like with any student, sometimes they may be discouraged because they feel like they're not the best in the rankings or they're not as far along as they want to be. So I think mainly my main goal working with Matthew has always just kind of been to encourage him and he can make a lot of progress on his own. So a lot of times it's just kind of encouraging and giving the right technical help at the right times, but he's very self-motivated. And when he has a reason to be interested in making progress in his coding and knowledge, he's pretty good at doing it a lot on his own. And then I just, like I said, try to kind of step in with the right tips and tricks here and there. Very cool. It sounds very personalized, A. Eh? And it almost it sounds like you're a coach more than an instructor, right? Yeah. I mean, that's kind of how I look at it. I didn't go to school for teaching or anything. I, I really just have been doing this for about three, maybe going on four years, but I think about three years. And I also did not go to school for computer science. So, you know, sometimes parents or just people in general, they want kids to get done with their coding and be able to, you know, build a computer or something, you know, like set up an entire website for Fortune 500 company. And like, it's important. You want to so, know how to make a computer. You want to know how to make a website, <laughs> search it up on YouTube. You want to know how to make a code, commit it to code combat. Yeah. There so, you go. Like, That's the difference. Combat. Yeah. Commit to the yeah. bit. Yeah. <laughs> so, so while it's good and it is important and that is why they're in lessons is to learn, you know, all the technical skills and stuff. When I was in school and everything, my favorite times was when I had the freedom to kind of learn about what I was most interested at that time in the way that I'm most interested at that time. And a lot of times in the school system, elementary through high school and even in college, and they just in general, I feel like it kind of progresses to how most people approach education is like, these are the specific things you have to learn at this specific time. And especially with young kids, it's just like, it's just not going to work Like you can't force kids to do something that they don't like. I mean, you can, but they're not going to remember any of it. Like, like, (laughs) so so I just try to find like what it is that they're most interested in about it and encourage them. Obviously it's easy for kids to get off course and take advantage of that and distract them too. So there is a little bit of reining in and like, okay, we really need to learn these concepts. And it's always a balance as an instructor, but I do look at it as more of, you can do this. You're not three years old, like you're 10 years old. I've been talking with you for however many months and like, I think you're capable of learning this. And sometimes it's more just about kind of encouraging them and finding a way to kind of make it where they can have fun with it. And also just to make them feel like it is possible for them to do it on their own. So just to touch on like kind of approaching it more as a coach than a teacher, not that you can't be both, but yeah, that's, that's kind of probably why I, I go at it more like that. Gotcha. And then Matthew, you couldn't help jumping in. And I want to delve deeper. You're like, hey, if you want to learn how to build a computer, look it on YouTube. But if you want to learn how to code, right? Code combat. Now, why is this different than looking up a YouTube video on learning how to code? What's the difference here? Delve into the details. Coding is a very different thing. Okay. 
lot of people associate building computers, making these websites and stuff like that with coding, right? Mm-hmm. It's not like that. It, it's not like that. <laughs> what is it then? In your own words, what is it? Coding is a language. You take years to learn it. You could go on YouTube and search up how to make a website or how to build a computer in five seconds, and you can learn in 20 minutes. Buy the parts, just do it. But the difference with Code Combat is it helps you learn. It helps you over time develop your knowledge. And you might find something on YouTube that tells you, like, how to make a house in blank, blank, blank dot code. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's not going to help you with your overall code knowledge. Code Combat helps you commit to more or less learning in a longer term way so you understand and know what you're coding. Yeah, I feel like you learn more about how to solve a problem with code versus just like following a formula, which like you said, like that YouTube about building a house with lines of code. Mm. Yeah, it's only specific details, but if you learn coding in general, you can make something that you're not going to be able to search up on YouTube. If you try to make a game with YouTube, you have to search up every specific detail. And if you go to Code Combat, uh, commit to the bit, like I said, and spend some time learning through Code Combat, the most amazing coding platform on the planet, you will be able to develop your coding knowledge in a way that you can make whatever you want without having to search up individually. That's great. Yeah. It's like, you've got all the tools you need. You don't need to keep looking them up. So what's been your favorite part of learning how to code? My favorite part of learning how to code on Code Combat was basically being able to learn in the levels and then show my skills in the tournaments and the AI leagues. I feel like Code Combat does a very, very good job about that. Like you learn, you get to the third level maybe, and then you have a lot of knowledge about the coding and then you test yourself in the AI league. That's been my number one favorite part of it. That's cool. Like, yeah, the levels are the practice piece and then you can see how you learned and you can apply it for the tournament. Now, what's been the most challenging part of learning how to code besides Desert Duel, which I I think Carson and I agree that you didn't do terrible at, okay? so But what has been the most challenging part? The most challenging part has been like the overall harder concepts. Like most concepts, you have to build on them. Like, you just have the basic version, like loops. You can just make a loop, right? Mm -hmm. But then you have to add on the strategies and the different variables. And once you get to the higher levels of it, the higher strategies, it becomes super hard. And that was the hardest thing for me. And was it really tough? Because, you know, Carson was saying how sometimes he wanted to encourage you and just make you believe that you can. Can you remember a time where it was just super challenging and frustrating and you wanted to give up? Like, how did you get through that? I spent some extra time, not just on lessons, trying to like format my code and make it as good as possible. And that really helped me. Also, I looked at the hints, which were very, very useful and helpful to help me reach the end of my code. Ah, hints. Yes. My team spends a long time in those sections, so I'm glad that they (laughs) helped you. (laughs) Now, how have you seen yourself grow in your coding skills? So think all the way back to your first class with Ami. And think about where you are now, you know, top three in your bracket. How have you grown? Like, what's been your favorite part of growing? The experiences, like finishing a level that was super, super hard and just completing it and being super happy that I did. Yeah, that's really great. Like persisting, right? Like you're you're like, hey, I can do this. I can do this. That's awesome. And then Carson, what would you say has been the biggest growth you've seen in Matthew's coding ability? 
I would say when he first started out, he was kind of going through the level just like any of my students would. And then over time, I started to kind of notice that he was really figuring a lot of stuff out on his own. And he kind of mentioned doing some stuff outside of lessons on his own. And there was like a certain point where I was kind of like, oh, okay, like he's kind of like figuring this stuff out almost as an adult would, you know? And so it's like, I don't need to necessarily explain every single little thing, or I don't need to look at it as like, oh, this concept might be too hard. I really felt like he kind of got that foundational knowledge and then he was kind of ready to do the higher up concept. As far as from a coding knowledge standpoint, he really seems to have grasped the fundamentals of coding languages really well. And then aside from that, just from sort of a more personal standpoint with the AI leagues, that's definitely the biggest success I've seen him have. I mean, he was so excited, you know, and rightfully so. And I was too. I've never had any of my students place in the tournaments. You know, normally I try to show my students the AI leagues and sometimes they're really into it. Sometimes they're into the esports. Sometimes they don't like that particular arena, but no one had really taken onto it like he did. And so... I wasn't not expecting that at all, you know, because normally my students, they'll play for a little bit. Maybe they'll rank in the top 200 or something and and then they'll lose interest and they'll, you know, go back down to the rankings. I'd never seen any of my students hone in on it and, you know, continue to climb the ladder and then nonetheless, you know, finally win at the end and, and get a top place, a prize winning result, you know, because he won one of the prizes. Yeah, let's break into that. What was that like? So this was lava, right? The lava mm -hmm. season. So when you first wrote the first program to compete in this, like, what did you rank, Matthew? Like, what was your ranking? Do you remember? First of all. Oh, the prize. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's the beautiful oh. HyperX gaming headset. I don't yes. know if you can see it in the background. Well, if you're on the podcast, Matthew is holding up very proudly I mean, his... HyperX headsets that he won for being yeah. third place. So he's very proud. Yeah. That was really cool too, honestly, just to touch on the like prize thing. I knew that we offered prizes, but I never imagined that like one of my students would actually win one. You know, I mean, I, <laughs> I just, it's really cool. It's like, it comes, you can touch it, you know? So that was cool. Yeah, that's really cool. And for those who don't understand or they haven't tried out our esports tournament, the way it runs is that you get like three months or about a little under three months to continually improve your code as you match up against other people's code, basically a dual challenge. And so when you were working on the lava challenge and you wrote the first program, when you saw your ranking, was it like immediately you were top 10 or did you have to slowly work on it? Matthew, can you share what it was like? I got 500 my first code. <laughs> not even my, not even age group. I got 500 in the world. Okay, 500 in the that's, world. That's but that's actually not bad, though, because there was thousands of people, so. That's still pretty good. But then how did you move from there? You're like, okay, I'm 500th. How did you work with Carson to improve your ranking? Like, what did you do to change your code? I took a whiteboard, and I just drew out possibilities. That arena in specific was really, like, an easy one that I could just take a whiteboard, red markers me, green markers them, or whatever. I drew up, and if I go up, they could shoot me or something like that. Matthew, do you want to show just, I know people on the podcast won't be able to see. Maybe you can just draw. Okay. So let's say the green is me, right? So what I did was kind of like, say I went up over here. I could see that if I go up here, where can I get the most resistance if I shoot a fireball? Where can I get the most attack if I shoot a fireball? Like say this is my fireball, right? 
normally, because I'm going to be up here, because I timed myself, I timed how long it took to get up here, and then I timed where they went naturally. So when I was up here, normally people would either go around here or around here. So I looked for the most reasonable place that would get me the most range. So for example, I drew a fireball from this to this, which is where the most range was. So I stopped right here. I pretty much went up, side, and down to shoot the fireball, go to the side so I don't run into it, and go back on my track. And that would hit the most amount of people. I did a little bit of a percentage. I think 60%, roughly around 60% of people would be hit by the fireball. How did you make that calculation? I didn't do like, everything. Okay. I, I, <laughs> in prepare of this podcast, I went back to the lava lake and I looked at a hundred people and I saw if it hit them or not. And I took oh. how many? So it was roughly around 60. I think it was exactly 63. I have it in my notes somewhere, but wow. somewhere around this. Yeah. So it hit 63% of people. I remember that increased my rating. I went from 500 to 320th. So my original thing was just to go up and come down. That's really cool. But with adding that, that increased me to like 300. And then I was eventually able to see that I could jump over the rocks to make it over in the first arena. Mm -hmm. So by the first arena, I was able to make myself up to 20th by just drawing it out and seeing my strategies. That's great. It's almost like you, you were diagramming a decision tree. Like, okay, so if I'm in this position, this is where I should like do my offense depending on where the people are that's really great how did Carson help you through this was he coaching you throughout the whole thing like what was that experience like Carson made recommendations to like my drawings also when I made a code he made recommendations to what was going wrong like even in this arena currently I have a really big problem with my code it's a good strategy because it's a game-winning strategy most people I beat but this arena for example it's a tower defense their attack is further than my attack. So he already made two great suggestions, like adding an ice tower, adding this tower that makes your enemies think stronger, which have already improved my code. And back then, stuff like making a move or shooting a fireball, he helped me with those little changes and drawing out the whole thing to get to the exact perfect pinpoint. We also spent three hours on a Zoom call, personally, the day before the tournament ending, personalizing a final code, the day before. And the funny thing was, at that point, I went from place 21st to place 15th, and then I think Code Combat rechecked all the scanners one more time, and in that way, I just went up right back up to third. It was kind of crazy. It was it was really like down to the wire. I thought I was going to get 15. I'll tell you about like the world. So I was around fourth or fifth in my age group. And I didn't think I was going to anything. But Cold Combat did the scanners again. And it was so lucky. It was the perfect run. Yeah. We're also on pins and needles when we do the final run. Because they're just like, ooh, it's the final ranking going to be. Because you never know, right? And yeah. so that's always like a fun surprise at the end. <laughs> So it just sounded like you guys were just like a team, basically. You're collaborating on the code and figuring it out. That's an awesome relationship. I'm so glad. Thanks for sharing that with me. Now, I want to look into the future for you, Matthew, because like you said, you're still 10. But, you know, you're already knowing how to do these arenas, you're coding. How do you think you'll use code in the future? And we can break it down. Like, how do you think you're going to use code in the future from now until like graduate from high school? And how do you think you're going to use it after that? Well, I'm really into like coding and math right now, 
I am in robotics. I'm in code combat. I'm in math competition. I'm like competing in the state level in math, competing in the state level in robotics. So it's really obviously going to be my passion for when I grow up. And code combat has helped me with the coding part. So when I grow up, I'm probably going to be something with coding and making games because I have a lot of the experience now. And Kokoba is probably going to help me with my coding knowledge in the future because I'm starting at a young age. I'm going to have experience when I'm older so that when I have example 25, I don't have to relearn coding. I'm already going to know how to make my own game. Yeah, that's pretty great. Have you already started some personal projects on the side with coding and robotics and such? Yeah, I'm actually currently working on a Roblox war game, a realistic war game. And I'm also, in robotics, I'm also making on the sidelines, I'm making a robot that when you press a button, it will bring you a cup of coffee. Ah, it's a robot butler. Yay, it's my dream. You might have to send me that, that <laughs> prototype. Yeah, could you send me one and Carson one, except mine needs to serve tea instead of coffee. That's awesome. It doesn't matter. Basically, <laughs> there's something on the ground, and right now it's actually currently able to pick it up. And Code Combat, I'm coding it in Python, so Code Combat's actually starting to help me develop the code for that. That's awesome. Oh, wow. I didn't even know that. <laughs> Yeah, I haven't told you. Yeah. It's first knowledge. It's first known knowledge of you. <laughs> Breaking news. That's awesome. Breaking news on this podcast is that Matthew's working on a robot butler that yeah, that Carson and I are gonna get in the mail, right? That's that's what's gonna happen, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, hey, cool. By the way, when I finish the prototype, you get a prototype shipped to your house. Yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to hold you to that promise. Someone will come in with a briefcase, handcuffed to their arm, and they will open up and go, here's your butler prototype. Boom. (laughs) Whoa. Okay, just give me a fair warning so I can put the dogs in a separate room so they don't get to see. You just see a guy walking, with the walking up to your house with like a strange outfit, like just official like uniform, (laughs) like like blinking lights on. But he says like, He's like, don't worry, I'm from yeah. Matthew. It's your robot. <laughs> Matthew sent me. The Matthew sent me. Your butler, fresh butler. <laughs> your fresh robot butler. That's the butler that delivers the butler. <laughs> oh my God. That's amazing. Okay. All right. Now going from there, what would you say to someone who wants to learn how to code, whether they're eight or they're 18? You know, what should they do first? Sign up for Code Combat. <laughs> Sign up now. <laughs> Look at the Code Combat. I promise you, it will be the best investment of your life. You need to sign up for Code Combat. You need to get a class. You need to do lessons. You need to do AI League. And I'm being silly about it, but I'm being serious about it. Sign up for Code Combat. Code Combat will help you with your career okay that's awesome yeah i did not plant that by the way just for you listeners out there that just came straight from matthew that's awesome that was from the heart thank you matthew that was from the heart you could tell okay now how about you carson what would you say to someone who's interested in being a coding instructor whether they like you said uh, might have a cs teaching background or not you know what should they do first so if they do have a cs background i would say just start looking around, like get on one of those job search websites, Indeed or whatever, and just start looking around. Because I think, especially if they don't mind working online, because when we first started with the Code Combat lessons, I don't know how many people were doing stuff like that, but I think there's like more of a industry around online coding lessons now. So 
I would say like, I mean, obviously send your application into Code Combat too, because we're always rotating teachers and look in your, in town, if you live in an area that is, you know, somewhat populated, especially if there's a lot of families like the area I live in, there's a few different places that teach code in person. So if you're more into like teaching in person, you can do that because it's definitely, it's definitely different online versus in person. So, you know, whichever one you're more interested in, I would say just kind of go on the job search for it. If you have the background, if you don't, I would say just start looking stuff up online. <laughs> Matthew's holding up a phone, a phone that says sign up today, scribbled on a notepad <laughs> in pink writing. Okay, basically, Matthew is writing prompts for yeah, Carson. Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. Yeah, anyways, basically, if you know computer science already, just go and just get started because you'll pick up, you know, the teaching, you'll get better at it over time. If you don't have computer science, still check, especially if it's like an in-person place, because if you have any type of teaching background, a lot of programs like even Code Combat, I know they are looking for people with instructing and coding backgrounds, ideally, but you know, sometimes you can get it. Like when I got my first job doing this, I had no background teaching or with coding. It was just a friend was managing the place and, and they knew that I was pretty smart and like good with kids. And they were like, you know, we need people. I think you'd be good at it. And I just, you know, yeah. I started from the ground up and they trained me on the job because when you're teaching kids, it's like the concepts aren't so crazy hard. So you can almost learn as you're teaching, which is basically what I did. And then you can just fill in the supplemental knowledge because there's a, a lot of free resources online when it comes to coding, because literally coders built the internet. So there's a lot of free stuff online to help you learn if you want to, because there's a lot of people who have the knowledge who are just like, hey, let's make this free and available for everyone. So if it's something that you do want to teach I'd say just start getting online, looking for some of those free resources and, you know, don't hold off because you don't think you could do it. Like ask around because you might be able to get opportunity like I did where, you know, you can go from working in a restaurant to teaching coding. And then in a few years, you're, you know, on a podcast talking about how good you are at it or whatever. <laughs> you know? And I think like you said, Ami now runs the, oh, yeah. the online yeah. instructor yeah. team, right? And she spent so much time training you up too. So if you don't have CS background, we have curriculum and slides mm -hmm. and a bunch of stuff that you can use to train yourself. And I think it's even more effective when you're learning with your student, to be honest. I don't know about you, Matthew. It's like school, like, hey, I can teach you something. Yes, it makes it like easier almost to relate to them because yeah. you know what it's like to not know everything. Yeah. Do you agree, Matthew? Like, have you taught Carson things and then he's taught you as well? Yeah. Okay. You're just nodding in assurance. <laughs> All right. Well, you got to remember a lot of things that I taught you. <laughs> a lot of things. And not just encoding. I've taught him life. Okay. What's the most important? Okay. About life. Okay. What's the most important thing? I've taught ours about meaning of life. The meaning of life. Okay. That's true. That's true, actually. Wait, you taught him the meaning of life. Wait, what is the most important thing you've taught Carson? I'm just curious. Okay. Code combat related? Well, okay, you can pick two. The most important code combat related thing you've taught Carson and the most important non-code combat related thing you've taught Carson. So you can pick two. Go ahead. Code combat, your students can win. Your students <laughs> can win. You're not just a teacher. You a coach. You're a coach. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. And the other way, I taught him how to be a YouTube influencer. 
YouTube influencer. That's true. I have like some hobbies that I do on YouTube and he gave me some tips about just how to make better YouTube videos and stuff. Yeah, that's true. That's that's awesome. Yeah, I, I made his logo. Mm -hmm. I made his background. You did design my I gave tips on videos. I made videos with him. I made giveaways with him. I made yeah. give him recommendations for videos. I gave him recommendations for live streams. I gave him recommendations for bots. I gave him recommendations That's for true. websites. I gave him recommendations for branding. I gave him recommendations for music. I gave him recommendations for connecting social media. Yeah. I gave him re recommendations for publishing his media. I gave him recommendations for apps to stream and apps to record. I gave him recommendations for life. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it sounds like it. It's like now you're his coach when yeah. it comes to becoming a YouTuber. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's the ideal relationship. I, I love this. I really, I really appreciate both of your time sharing your relationship with us, sharing what it's like. I wish I could be in your class because it sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah, so thanks for being part of it. And Matthew, I'm going to look out for that Butler Robot. Yeah. I'm thinking in two months, right? That's, yeah, that's what I'm going to get in the mail. Yeah, two. Yeah, okay, cool. It's plenty of time. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks, everybody. Thank you. Bye. See ya. Thanks for listening to EdTech Adventures. Please subscribe to catch more of our episodes and leave a review to support the show. For more resources and info, visit us at codecombat.com slash podcast. I'm your host, Charlotte Chang. We'll see you on our next learning adventure.